0: Hello there, this is Terry, and welcome to another episode of the Animation Industry Podcast. If you have an animated show idea you want to pitch, this is your episode to listen to. And that's because I chat with Dave Padbury, a development executive with Guru Studios in Toronto about the entire pitching process, the do's and don'ts of pitching, the number one thing you can bring to the table as a new creator, and a unique behind the scenes look at what a development team does with your pitch once you leave the room. But first, a little bit more about Dave. Dave joined the Guru development team six years ago to work on True and the Rainbow Kingdom. And since then, he has helped develop the upcoming Disney Junior series, Pickwick Pack, the CBC comedy, Big Blue, and many other series. Currently, he is focusing on supporting creators' visions across all of Guru's upcoming series and finding new voices and perspectives to fill Guru's slate into the future. Now, without further ado, let's jump right in. So hi, Dave, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. How are you doing right, today? Oh, no worries. be fun yeah 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 we met we met a while ago, and I'm happy that uh, we're we're chatting about your career and animation and everything and so yeah I'm pretty excited so let's talk about development. Why did you end up pursuing development in the first place?
1: Why did I start? Um, I have
0: always had a passion
1: for development I didn't know what it was called, but as a little kid after I saw Toy Story, I left the theater and I started uh, creating basically very rudimentary show bibles for other shows about toys. I started making the toys out of pipe cleaner and make boxes for them. I'd take crayons and write on the back of those boxes the other toys in that series. And I just would create these brands
0: that were Toy Story derivatives. Um, Please tell me you still have some of those. (laughs) I'm
1: sure my mom has kept some. She's kept all sorts of bizarre things. Wait,
0: wait. so how, I don't know if you wanna age yourself, but how old were you when you you started doing Um, this? It sounds like you're pretty young. I was probably
1: about uh, six. Oh wow, oh my gosh.
0: So you started making pitch, I've never heard of that before. Usually people are like trying to make their own comics or whatnot, but you were like. I didn't know what a pitch Bible was. (laughs) I didn't know how to tell a story. So I
1: would just write character descriptions and then I'd kind of get to the end of all the papers
0: I had and I'd be like, and they do stuff. Oh my gosh,
1: can you remember
0: somebody specific that you created?
1: Um, I created a whole bunch of uh, markers and crayon characters and that was in first grade Um, and each of them had a superpower and I made like a a booklet describing what what each of them did.
0: So the real question is when are we gonna see markers and crayons come to the big screen now. <laughs> Cuz you're working in in development, you you have all the resources and tools, the know-how. Come on. <laughs> so, okay, so you were so, you were making characters out of markers and crayons. Uh how did you end up, you know, where you are now working as, a, as somebody in development? <laughs> what what were the steps in between? Tell me about that a little bit.
1: Um I feel like I just woke up one day doing this. Um but uh, I uh thought that the way that idea would uh that 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 passion would manifest as uh, was as uh, directing live action films okay. and so uh, i uh, went to film school um i focused uh, a lot in screenwriting a lot in documentary and uh, the further away i got from that kid the less happier i was i uh, did some uh, some on-set work and it wasn't really for me and uh, so i kind of was wondering like i I loved animation, but there wasn't an obvious path into it for me because I'd come so far into this film world. When I was not on set, I was watching Adventure Time. When I wasn't in film school, I was watching Adventure Time. And I uh, was able to uh, navigate into this world because I, I took an internship at Guru Studio. Guess I made a good impression there. I forced my way into development meetings because at that point I realized this is where I want to be. And uh, I. Uh, took decent notes. They kept me around in the, the production office uh, as the, an asset coordinator. So I was uh, helping with schedules and making sure that uh, the uh, assets were delivering on time for, for a TV show uh, for gotcha. *Diana Paws.
0: I, I want to rewind a little bit. Yeah. So why did you, I, I do want to get into this because I think it's really interesting, but why did you think going into live action was your forte into, or whatever the term is, into kind of building an animated series or series? Is?
1: I didn't realize how uh, robust and, uh, and awesome the Canadian animation industry was, I think when I was like 14, 15, 16 years old. Gotcha. Um, so I didn't think that I had a career there.
0: So Okay, so you just kind of didn't see any immediate opportunity. So yeah. how did you, so you were working in live action. How did you end up taking- I was research? not working in live oh, action. Oh,
1: you weren't? I was volunteering in live action. I volunteering. was- I was stumbling around film sets. <laughs> like
0: coffees and stuff or like doing lighting like what were you doing
1: um uh, whatever i could uh, get my hands on i uh, was an assistant ac on uh, on reshoots on a feature once that paid a little bit um i was possibly the worst assistant ac i couldn't even tell you if i was second assistant or
0: third assistant that's how bad i was (laughs) oh well that's a good thing you switched up i guess so how did you end up getting the internship at guru you you just were an assistant on a film and then suddenly you're like I'm going to go get an internship in animation. Tell me how that actually happened.
1: Um, I think I, I was a case of right place, right time. There was uh, the development producer at the time, Leslie Selawanchuk, who's fantastic. Um, I somehow got my hands on their email and I chased her. And uh, I think that they were looking for interns at that time and, uh, and it worked out.
0: So you just said, hey, um, you know, I, I'm... I'm new to the scene, I'd love an internship, can you hook me up? And she was like, cool. I, I sent her
1: a script I had written and she was oh, like, what? this is terrible, um, come be an intern. <laughs> she said
0: that? <laughs> uh, no, no, she was very nice about it, but... Uh... So, so you were in an intern, what were, what, was, what were you actually doing? Like, were you animating? Were you working in development? Um, I was, uh,
1: spent most of my time in the uh, production office on Ever After High doing uh, whatever they'd let me do. And uh, whenever uh, I I got to be in a lot of production meetings, take a lot of notes and uh, whenever I wasn't doing that, I was trying to figure out how I could help out development department.
0: Gotcha, so um, I think it's interesting because a lot of people I talk to, they kind of, they're at their first job or they're doing internship and they're trying to like do animation. Yeah. And you weren't doing that, you were like trying specifically to get into development and you're like sneaking in development meetings and like, yeah, were you just were you actually sneaking in, just like oh, oh no, 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 just no, sitting no. here? I was like, hey, do you need
1: a note taker? <laughs> do you need a note taker today? And uh, one, one in three times, one in four times, I'd hear yes.
0: Okay, um, that's actually really smart. Like a good I way was to get growing in. Growing at
1: that point, and I think uh, there was uh, it was very much like a right place, right time thing. In hindsight, like no one else has ever had that same opportunity that I had at that moment since. Um,
0: Fair enough. It also sounds like you were really trying to, like, you were like a go-getter, you know, trying to get every, every opportunity and in, in you could. So, um, so I
1: honestly wouldn't say that, but no, okay.
0: <laughs> 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 All right. Sometimes. So, how did you manage going from intern um, to actually working in development? You know, you're um, you're was- sitting taking notes in a development meeting, and now like, where's? How, tell me about the bridge. Um, I was on a
1: show for a while and I learned a lot about production in that time. And, uh, when I found out that the, uh, development assistant at that time was, uh, was leaving the studio, I went home. I thought long and hard about it. I called my mom. I'm like, there's an opportunity. What should I do? And she's like, email them. Like, what are you going to do? Email them. So i spent days laboring over this email and uh, about how excited I would be to, uh, be the new development assistant, and uh, I uh, sent it to the uh, VP of development and the development executive. There there was a few months there where we kind of had a few conversations and uh, it turned into uh, the uh, job.
0: So when they said, hey, uh, you know, you don't have too much experience in development, you know, I see you around the office, why why would you be perfect for this role? How did you end up persuading them? I think it was,
1: again, largely a case of uh, the right place at the right time. Um, I think one small thing that worked to my advantage was that uh, while I was working in the production office, I was also developing a concept for a web series that uh, over the past year had been turned into a, a pilot that was optioned and turned into a pilot, a live action web series. And so it wasn't so much the product of that, but the process of that that I, I think may have lent me some credibility.
0: Yeah, um, so it and, sounds like you were, con- you were like doing stuff on the side. To, like yeah. this, this is completely on the side from your, your job. Yeah, I guess, yeah, right? yeah. So how did you, how did you end up getting it optioned for a dollar? That's amazing. That's kind of, and also why a dollar?
1: Um, I think uh, the person who optioned it believed that uh, there needed to be, uh, I don't know the legal term for it, but uh, due consideration or something. So with, without payment, the contract would seem, insuff- would, uh, would not hold, hold up, but with payment of some kind, the contract would. Gotcha. Um, he was uh, really talented assistant director who was uh, looking to start his own production company and was looking to uh, get some ip to, uh, to 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 be the foundation for that and uh, to me i think the the promise that he would shoot the pilot of it was it was a huge incentive there to uh, and and it wasn't really about whatever small option fee would be available um
0: that's pretty incredible that you got also a pilot shot and and made like how did that whole, how did that whole process feel um it was uh,
1: It was like lots of excitement and then, you know, big disappointment when it didn't go anywhere. And I think uh, development is that process over and over again at a very fast speed. Um, And then sometimes that excitement just keeps on building and building until it gets greenlit. And then once it's greenlit, it's still another year and a half. So I think that first experience there kind of helped me level and ground myself for, for that roller coaster ride.
0: Nice. Do you think, so you, you went through that whole experience and you also work in development. Is that like common for a lot of people that work in development that they've actually, I think so. I think like everyone
1: comes into development through a, a different door. Um, my, uh, my colleagues, one of them studied architecture, the other studied film production. Um, <laughs>
0: <Architecture>, <laughs> um that's interesting. I've I know heard, I've heard that a couple of times before actually. Yeah.
1: I um, know uh, there's lots of writers who work in development. There's lots of, uh, more business minded people who work in development. I've worked with, uh, my, my old boss was a lawyer um, uh, by training, but uh, a very, very experienced writer and story editor and showrunner.
0: So for somebody listening and they're thinking about getting in development, what kind of person does it actually take to really thrive in that role? I think
1: it, it takes a, a few skills. Um, I think uh, one of the things is that uh, you need to uh, be able to invest yourself emotionally in every project and you need to be able to raise each of them as if you're one, one of your children. What, um,
0: did, what does a vest emotionally mean? Like, like other than, you know, I'm passionate about this, but like, how do I, what does that mean? I'm just wondering. <laughs> I think you, you have to
1: find your way into it, into its soul and how to relate to the idea and, uh, and care for it and nurture it. Like I think a parent whose kid is really into baseball might not understand baseball, but still has to be able to understand that that matters to that kid. Uh-huh. And uh, then uh, research it and get excited about it and take them to games and cheer for them. Um, I think that's a really good
0: analogy. That, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. So, so- that's
1: what it oh, is sometimes, and other times, you were like, oh, that's exactly what I'm into. This, this show is, is my soul. Nice. And uh, you know, if you're, if you're the parent, and you're also into baseball. And then, but you have to have just as so much fun both ways. Um, and I think I've been very fortunate with the development slate we have. It's a lot of things that were very easy to find my way into. We're working with uh, lots of really funny, exciting, cool, innovative ideas. And so uh, I think with all that said about putting your, yourself into the idea, you also have to try your best to remove your ego from the equation. Because there is a creator. There is going to be eventually a broadcaster. Maybe there already is a broadcaster. There might be a rights holder who's different from either of those two. There's the rest of the development team. There's the good of the company. There's the business interests. And at the end of the day, your goal is to try to get the best idea possible through all of those. And I think all of those people are bringing great energy to the project and great ideas to the project. And so it's about finding cohesion. It's generally not about being another voice in the room. It's about finding finding common common ground and similarities and and doing what's best for the idea.
0: That's really I, I really like that, but i I was trying to like list all the stakeholders you mentioned, and there's like a dozen different parties involved. Are you in the middle of everybody? Um, and- it really depends on what's happening. Um, I think uh,
1: sometimes you're in the middle and sometimes you're at the periphery. because um, yeah. uh, a show is is a, is a very long journey through a lot of different departments, from, uh, from its conception with the creator sitting alone in the room, or around the boardroom table, or anywhere in between, um, at, to, uh, through uh, legal negotiations, through uh, creative development and business development, onto the production floor, to sales eventually, and uh, all those people bring a lot to the project, yeah. and all of those people have certain needs out of the project. So, so you're is, not always in the middle of the conversation.
0: Gotcha. So what is 99% of your time spent doing in a development role?
1: Um, I think uh, it's uh, giving uh, script notes and Bible notes, um, coordinating schedules and deliverables, and uh, trying to uh, source talent, um, writers, designers, and whatever else is needed that day. Um, educational consultants on an educational preschool show, um, doing research on the the market that that show is gonna be competing in, and then also on the things that that show is about. So it's kind of living between the world of the business needs of the show and the creative needs of the show. Um, writing Bibles, story editing Bibles, um,
0: Sounds like you have every, every day is very different. A ton of different responsibilities like it's very varied and diverse I guess what you're responsible doing. Can you give me an example of uh you said like script and story like the notes what 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 would a note be that you put on a project? Um it depends
1: on the what is uh, the goal for the project and where it's at. Um I think when when the notes are creative notes um I try to uh, make sure that the uh the emotional beats hit harder and that the jokes
0: land harder. Um, so not funny enough?
1: <laughs> I think uh, it's, it's uh, generally, I get what this joke is supposed to be. Um, let's set it up stronger earlier. Um, okay, that makes
0: sense. I, I think like it's,
1: it's being another set of eyes. And, I, but I think really what I'm most uh, focused on when I'm reading a script is, uh, is, is this character's emotional journey making sense? Uh,
0: so you actually see all episodes, I guess, of a show before they're even made. Like you go through everything ahead of time?
1: Uh, no, we would uh, generally just be doing a, a pilot script, um, mm-hmm. possibly uh, two scripts. Um, the most uh, scripts that have gone through development on the show uh, before it hit production was eight.
0: Oh, OK. So your, your role encompasses everything that happens before production starts.
1: I'm part of a big team that uh, is involved in that. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. So, tell me, like, you mentioned, there's so many different things that you're involved in. Like, what do you, what do you really get out of the role? Like, why is this a really good fit for you? Like, what do you love about it?
1: I, I love that uh, seeing these ideas thrive, um, seeing a, a character go from an idea in a writer's head, an idea in a writer's head. Yes, I said that right. Um, <laughs> to uh, to a whole bunch of different designs that uh, all have fun ideas and, and unique voices to them, but uh, might not be hitting it immediately, and seeing that design be refined and refined and then become a CG render. And uh, that's just so rewarding um, to be a part of that process. Um, or vice versa, seeing a really hilarious drawing from a, a creator who's more of a, a designer, and, uh, and helping that character find their, 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 their purpose in the story.
0: Yeah. So can we talk about the creative voice and the purpose a little bit more? How do you, like you said, you do things like, you know, this joke should hit a little sooner. How do you, like, what, how did you learn to get better at that? How did you learn to like really hone a creative voice or like the pilot? Like, did you take writing classes? Like, how do you get better? How do you develop that skill? I guess I'm saying like, I feel like I can jump in on any script and give it feedback right now, but I don't know if my feedback is really valid towards the project. So, how do you refine that?
1: I I hope I refined it. I think uh, every everyone that asks themselves that all the time when they're giving notes. Oh yeah. Um, I think uh, you you largely listen to your gut. Yeah, I've read a lot of screenwriting books. I've watched a lot of TV. But I think it really is uh, just asking yourself, does this make sense? Or how would I tell this story? Yeah. Um. And uh, if if you write it down, think about it for a second, ask yourself, is this different or is this better? And uh, I think a lot of the times I'll throw down a lot of notes that are just different and then I'll I'll pull back.
0: Okay, so so actually that's a good point because it's it's not, you like actually take some time, you like export everything you're thinking, take some time to think about it and then really refine. So I'm also wondering, like say I wanna get into development and like there's a application and I'm applying, how can I really showcase that I have a skill like we just mentioned, like you just mentioned, um, to that I'd be a good fit for the role. Like, that's a good question.
1: Um, I did it by writing. Yeah. Um, I think other, if you're in the business, what you can do is you can point to the show that you helped shape. Right. Um, if you're not, I think uh, write stuff, um, produce. Um, if, if you're trying to get in the door. Um, Produce a small short film, or and, and and on that project, you know, give script notes, um, shepherd it through the pre-production process. Nice. Um,
0: okay, makes sense. So actually, I I do. There's one topic that I kind of want to talk about with you, and it's it's around like the concept of pitching itself. So mm. um, because you know you you've gone through the process personally and actually gotten something optioned, which is I think incredible. Um, And you also do this on a daily basis. I know that people send you pitches, I don't know, daily or whatever. Mm -hmm. So what like, I've talked about pitching on this on this, I was gonna say show this podcast before from like a creative, creator perspective, Mm -hmm. but I haven't talked to too many developers. So like, one question I have is what is the biggest misconception when it comes to pitching like new New creators who are pitching, like, what is the biggest misconception that you you like to tell them about?
1: <laughs> I think, uh, and I'm probably stealing this line from someone else, but it's that everyone there is rooting for you. Everyone wants to hear a great pitch. Um, and I think uh, when you when you're sweating before you walk into the room and you're nervous, that's that's normal. Um, but I think every person I have ever myself pitched or been a part of pitching has been supportive. And I think the, the the questions they ask aren't to tear your idea apart, it's to uh, try to understand what may have been missing. Because um, I think you, you rehearse that pitch, you finesse it, but you know the idea so well that you might forget um, some of the big pieces of the puzzle. Um, but uh, the, point, the point I'm trying to make is everyone's rooting for you.
0: That's good. That's good to know because it, it, like I've pitched before and it's a little bit scary sometimes when you're sitting in a boardroom and there's all these people you've never seen them before. And you know, they're like, here's the owner of the studio. Here's like the development director, et cetera. Um, but I've also pitched where I'm, you know, talking to one person and they, I know they're going to bring it to their team like a couple mm-hmm. months from now at a, at a pitch meeting they have. So how do you, how do you make sure that your idea, not only do you, get it across right to the person you're pitching, but then you give them the tools they need to pitch it to their team. Cause I know that's a thing too.
1: Yeah, that's a, a, a great, a great point. Um, I think uh, the, the, the making a good impression in the room with your pitches is, is awesome. But at the end of the day, your pitch is going to be discussed in a meeting a week later alongside a few other projects. Um, and no matter how excited people were in the room, it's uh, they might not be able to bring that excitement to the, Back or share that excitement with your team. Um, so I think you have to instill in that person the same, the same passion for the idea that you have. I think uh, the way I've personally found works the best is telling them why the show needs to exist, telling them why you created it and why it needs to be in the world. And not every executive is going to agree with you, but you will find someone who agrees with that passion and that, that reason.
0: Is, is like, uh, I wanna be a show creator, and I think this is a cool idea, a good enough reason for it to be existing in the world? I think if the idea
1: is cool enough and you can articulate why it's cool. I don't think it needs to be a noble purpose that makes the world a better, healthier place. But it, it's, uh, I think, indicating that this show will be cool on these terms, and if they agree with you, you're, you're, you're,
0: you're set. Fair enough. Uh, one thing I've heard a lot from random places, I don't even know who at this point, is that you know, studios are looking for similar shows that are already on air or that other studios are doing. Is that, like how fair of a statement is that? Um, I think there's some truth to that. Um, if a show's a hit, another
1: similar show will be a hit. But I think when you're a new, there is obviously a tipping point um, and there's also limited space on that raft. But when you're a new creator, I think um, you probably won't be able to get your idea to the same level of polish as the other hundreds of pitches that are competing for that uh, small turf. Um, So I think your best bet is to... Go out there with something different, something fresh, something that represents who you are, something that 's your calling card, um, something that uh, voices uh, again connects to that that passion that uh, this show needs to exist
0: yeah, I think um, that's a point already I think that's a good point because uh, I was just thinking exactly what you said you know if a similar show already exists i'm sure every studio is already trying to develop exactly something yeah. anyways to compete with that so so talk, and, let's talk about the teams creator. of animators
1: they've got all sorts of resources at their disposal to go in with the shiniest version of that pitch
0: right yeah that makes what sense. you
1: have to offer as a new creator is your perspective on the world your experiences your art style your and i think leading with that unapologetically and letting someone else tell you, slow down a little bit. Okay. You have to be familiar with what the TV landscape looks like. I think, you know, you can't pitch like a Stan Brackage abstract short film series, um, but uh, you, you can pitch, you know, Midnight Gospel obviously had the backing of like Pendleton Ward and, and Duncan Trussell were both established but if you go out with something that bold and that different people will notice you they might not option that idea but maybe someone will it might not get greenlit but you'll make connections along the way and if your art is looking that cool that different if your perspective is that cool and that different someone will put you in the writer's room someone will have you design some characters for their other pitch um
0: that's a, that's an interesting point. So maybe the end goal for a new creator isn't always, or for somebody who's thinking of pitching, isn't always to actually just get your show. It's yeah. it's to get your foot in the door, so that whatever you can bring to the table can absolutely yeah.
1: Every pitch is a is a, a job interview. Um, you don't know if they're, they're, they're you're gonna leave the room with that with that show moving forward, but that's that's another reason I always encourage people to. Pitch ideas, they're close and personal to them, they're their passion projects. It's because uh, they uh, will be able to show more of themselves, more of their capabilities, more of their perspective in the room. Yeah. And if you pitch a show all about how much you love baseball, and it's not the right show about how much you love baseball for that moment, but six months later, they're, that company is developing another show about another sport, they'll be like, hey, let's get the baseball guy in here. He likes sports.
0: makes sense yeah and and i think i think that's really interesting to because it takes a lot of confidence to go forward with something that's very uniquely you Mm. because um like me being in animation school right now uh like not knowing how not being a part of the industry i guess there's all these like speculative thoughts i have of like what do people want to see versus Mm. like what they're showing me in school like i have to Draw this way for it to get noticed, et cetera. Right, so mm. I think that I think that's interesting. Are there any classic do's and don'ts of pitching that you wish more people knew of? Again,
1: that pitching is all about authenticity and and being your best self. It's a first date, um, so you want to go in and and be honest to who you are and and show the best version of yourself. Um, I think uh, a lot of uh, advice I've heard out there is like go in there and know your vision and don't move. Don't budge. Um, and there's some truth to knowing your vision. You have to go in with a clear vision. You have to go in with confidence. But if someone asks you, how do you uh, feel about that character? I think you have to uh, show the level to which you're flexible and be honest about this. If, the, if that question is a, uh, a a boundary for you, don't move, that's fair. But if, if uh, that question is actually not core or foundational to the reason you want to make a show, I think uh, being flexible on those uh, those boundaries is is important
0: so um, i guess I guess having the strong vision also correlates to like what is the purpose of the show like for yes. instance like say I say I'm like super hung up on a secondary character, but maybe that doesn't even like maybe we could take out that character and the core vision of the show still stays is that is that like a good example
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think uh, if, uh, if something is cutting into the core vision of the show, you're, it's probably not going to be a good match there or they haven't understood your pitch. And well, stand I, your ground on that point. Yeah. If they ask you, what if this didn't take place in this country? And you're like, that's the country I grew up in and that's why it takes place there. And the customs and the uh, traditions are part of the DNA of the show. Um, I think that will be respected and that will be understood. Yeah. Um, and even if it is a silly reason, even if it's not – like, this is who I am. It's, I think that face looks funny and that's not changing. Um, that is, uh, that's fair. But know your boundaries. Don't uh, be as flexible as you can be. Okay. While, while not compromising what you're, what you're passionate about.
0: That makes sense. So it's like, you know, I really like this character having red hair just because versus they have red hair because it relates to their backstory of, I don't know, whatever. So like, well, well, those are like both of those are valid answers. Okay. Um, I think, uh, um. All right. So um, what, So, another thing I've heard a lot about is, is kind of knowing your, the market. Like, you know, uh, like what if I'm super researched on like kids age 10 to 12 uh, and I what mean, they want? And like I come in, I'm like, this is, this is what the market says. Like, this is perfect. Like, is that, is that a strong position to come in on? I
1: think it depends on how
0: versed in the market you are.
1: Um, I think knowing your idea is absolutely essential. If you've spent a week or two doing research, um, I probably wouldn't share it. I think uh, you're pitching people who would do this every day. Um, and uh, if you show in show up with uh, a lot of focus on the business and you're not from a business background, it uh, is a it, 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 it draws question to how passionate you are about the idea versus how passionate you are about the money this idea will bring you. And I think also it, it illuminates the holes in your idea. If you aren't as versed in that research as you think you are, if you come in and you are genuinely deeply researched on a subject and you can speak to it really impressively. Um, that's awesome. Like I think that creators come from all backgrounds and if your way in was through through that route and you landed on an exciting idea um, and an awesome idea at the end of that path, um, I think that's totally valid.
0: Yeah, makes sense. One thing I, I want you to speak to, because we, we talked about this beforehand, is the idea of a story engine. So um, oh, yeah. as far as I understand it, a story engine is kind of the base of where the idea can s- Fan, spawn a million episodes and it's like yeah, yeah. It, it, you like never run out of ideas and that's something that i had a hard time i guess learning at the start when i was going through my pitching journey but can you just speak to what exa- like what is a strong story engine and how do you build one a story
1: engine is uh, what makes every episode of the show about the same thing and what propels every narrative i think uh paw patrol is uh, a great example about this because uh Every episode is about the uh, team of dogs rescuing someone. Um, They're basically an emergency services team. Um, So the story engine of that show is their job. CSI is another show where the story engine of the show is their job. All those police procedurals follow that same DNA house. Um, And then you have uh, story engines that come from the character's personality, like uh, SpongeBob, where it's about his... uh, Constant search for fun and impulsive ability to create fun out of every situation he's put in. And then taking that character and putting him into the mundanity of adult life, like yeah. flipping burgers or uh, going to driving school.
0: They almost, the episodes almost write themselves, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, can, the, you don't even, you, you could just like put a, say like, okay, SpongeBob in a museum and already you have like a million different ideas, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Are, and I think the, it, oh, go ahead.
1: I think uh, that, that, that is key to it. It's uh, you're, when someone hears your pitch for the show, they should be able to envision like a thousand episodes of what it could be. And most of those, it's fine if they're terrible, but they should, they should get that gut feeling of, oh, I know what the show is. I know what the show will always be. And I think uh, there, there's definitely room in, in finding a good strong story engine for, for complex serialized storytelling. Like Game of Thrones, it's all about the battle for the Iron Throne. Every episode advances that plot forward. Um, your story engine can evolve over time. Um, a lot of sitcoms come through the gates with a really hooky, high concept story engine that you totally forget about at some point. But I think having that, that spark that ignites these stories is really important because that's what makes an idea for a TV show.
0: I, I mean, it's, it, sound, it sounds obvious and kind of simple, but I know it's kind of harder to do in real life. Is there a f- formula for like building a good story engine like i don't think there is um i really hope
1: there's not i think that would take a lot of the artistry out of it but i think that uh
0: it's it's about uh, ensuring that there are elements in conflict perpetually okay that makes sense so like to compete like i guess with game of thrones it's like the battle for the the iron throne and it's yeah like nobody it's spongebob has-
1: it's yeah childhood naivety adult world
0: Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it sounds so simple. Like, okay, I'll just make a pitch on that. (laughs) Um, So let's talk about behind the scenes of pitching, because I think you have a unique look as like a really big studio in Toronto that does a lot of great things. And you see tons of pitches, I'm sure. Can you take me behind the scenes of what actually happens? So say, say somebody comes in and pitches, and then they leave, what's going like, what happens after that? What happens to the pitch after that?
1: Uh, if, we're, if we're all feeling like it's, it's something that's going to be a good fit um, for us and it's something that we can get behind and really make happen, we try our best only option things that we feel really have a good shot with us of getting made. We try to keep our slate lean. We try to keep it small. So if we're feeling good about it and we option it, um, the next step is to uh, work with the creator to kind of flesh out the idea Um, and fill in any of the spots where they have weaknesses and complement their strengths. Their goal is to show up the strengths and bring people to the table who uh, round out the the project. So if the artist, if the creator is an artist, it might be bringing a writer on board. If the creator is a writer, it might be finding the right designer for these characters. Um, We build, uh, from there we create um, the pitch material that we feel will put the show on its best legs and show off its unique strengths. If it's really slapstick and goofy, maybe that's some storyboards and animation test. If it's really heady and talky and funny um, in in dialogue, maybe it's a script. Um, Maybe it's uh, just uh, making those character designs pop by putting them in a context where where they can really be appreciated, like a, a comic or, Like we try to be creative about how we present our ideas. It's not about being gimmicky about it, but it's about putting it on its uh, strongest legs.
0: Nice. It sounds Um, like there's so many things that kind of have to line up for something to get made. Like the pitch goes well, the studio believes in it. They put together their own pitch. Then a broadcaster has to buy into it, and then I guess once a broadcaster says the broadcaster
1: development phase, and uh, you're doing a similar process again, um, where they're looking to create the materials that they feel the rest of their team will need to see to oh, wow. buy into it and green light it. So maybe that's a pilot script. Maybe that's an animation test. Um, maybe it's market testing or research testing. Um, and you're at that point uh, working with the creator to uh, bring the best version of that and the, 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 the see this show shine through whatever process uh, they want to put it through.
0: I mean, it, it sounds so like intimidating and, and like it, it makes sense because, you know, if millions of dollars are going to go behind creating a show for years, then you want to put all the research and thought into it. But it, it seems like so drawn out from like a like a, a like a high level perspective. Like, oh, you know, does any does any do any pitches just like fly through the process or does everything kind of go through this rigorous stage? I mean,
1: I think it, there, there, there have been cases where things have moved faster, but yeah. I think it is uh, we have in fact gone straight to production on shows before um, when we have to a broadcaster and they've loved it. And they've asked a few questions. We've done a bit more work to, to, to show them what the idea is really about. And uh, it has gone straight to series. Um, it really does depend on the idea. Um, so, I, it's not languishing. It's, it's always, everyone is working to make it stronger, make it uh, more whole and complete. Okay, so by the, um,
0: by the end, it's actually a much better and w- well more developed idea too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've, I've never um, seen an idea hit the screen worse than it came in. And I feel like creators that we work with have always been able to like, keep their stamp on things, stay really involved, and, and keep driving the creative process through, through the whole thing. Gotcha.
0: That's that's good to hear, though. Um, Can I just? I'm just curious about numbers. So, how many pitches uh, a week, or let's say a month, do you usually get? You're like you're you're one person of your team at a studio here in Toronto. How many pitches do you personally get emailed to you? We we see a
1: a few hundred pitches a year.
0: Okay, so a few hundred. A few hundred. That's like one a day, then. Uh, Yeah, probably averages out to about one a day. Yeah. Okay, so then, uh, how many do you option on average? if you don't mind sharing um, a year. As I
1: said, we, we try to keep our, our slate lean. Um, I think uh, probably three to five projects a year.
0: Okay, so you have a 1% chance, I guess, versus all the other pitches that come in. Um, but I, don't, I
1: don't think that's really fair because yeah. <laughs> there's lots of studios out there. and 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 I feel like, those questions that we ask when we're, we're trying to figure out if we should greenlight some, if we should put something in development, every studio is going to have different answers to those questions. Okay. And so I think uh, your odds are, it's tough. Like it is very tough, but you should create things and you should put them out there. If you're passionate about this, if you really, really want to be, want to put something out into the world, the odds aren't against you. there are, more and more broadcasters all the time and there are more and more studios all the time.
0: I like that outlook. I I was, I'm like, the analytic side of me is like curious about the numbers. (laughs) Let's share. Yeah. Um, So let's, let's talk about the, the shows that you have ended up greenlighting. Are there, like, I'm wondering, because every studio wants to kind of stand out and because it's a competitive place to get a show made. Are there Mm. certain risks that you take with creating a new show that you're hoping- I think you to have to on. take risks. And
1: yeah. I think you have to take risks on, uh, on what the soul of that show is. Um, because uh, as, as I was saying, like there's gonna be so many people competing to have the next hit in, in the spirit of whatever the big hit of last year was. Yeah. And uh, some people are gonna succeed doing that and they will make a great show. There is nothing wrong with the, you know doing something that's tried and true and doing it better than anyone before you. Um, But I think uh, we try to find something different in the the soul of the things we option. And we try to uh, be different and take risks in that way. We're not uh, being, uh, we're we're, we're taking risks when we see a creator who is taking a risk that we find inspiring. Because if we find it inspiring, someone else might find it inspiring and that that spark is contagious and that's what i was talking about earlier when when you leave the room and you leave that this show has to exist behind
0: i i think that's i was just going to ask that because you know if if you find it inspiring how do you know the audience is going to find it inspiring especially because like uh guru you're predominantly making shows for preschool and kids Mm -hmm. right so i mean as an adult and you're excited about it are you how do you know kids like three to four to five and or younger are going to be excited about it too? What, how do you, h- how?
1: <laughs> I mean, you, you don't know, but it's, it's not about taking risks that are, are righteous. And it's also not about taking risks that are pointless. It's about taking risks that that are fun and exciting. And yet when you are looking at as many pitches as any development executive is, you kind of start to see the things that stand out yeah. and it, they stand out in the same way to you that they do to a young child flipping through the channels. Um, it's it's more instinct than it is um, uh, than it is like a, a well reasoned, articulate argument. Um, often, even if even if you can ar- argue it articulately, it is this intangible feeling.
0: So it's more it's more emotional based, I guess you could say, rather than like. Uh, I guess tangible like people will like it because there's a cute character versus like I love that cute character yeah yeah exactly and, <laughs> the, and if you feel it
1: you'll be able to articulate why the show needs to exist okay but if you have to put it into words first it's it's not there's not a spark there nice nice do
0: you have any other final thoughts on on the whole pitching process or anything we didn't cover really um Wondering? I think there's a, there's
1: one more piece of conventional wisdom I want to yeah. question a little bit not i think right. uh, the, the advice is often given to do your research and you do have to do your research on that channel you can't walk in and pitch something that's totally off but i think uh, test the boundaries around uh, what a network is is interested in doing and what they're willing to do because if you had taken that advice you never would have walked into disney channel with the owl house right and the owl house is, is awesome yeah. <laughs> and admittedly it's from disney studios
0: and it's it's, I was surprised when it, when I saw it was from Disney, actually, when I first saw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, that, so I think yeah. the same way that
1: we're taking risks um, with the projects we're optioning, that means every time we go and pitch someone, it's a little bit of a risk. And I encourage people who are out there in the world pitching to, to do the same thing.
0: Nice. So I'm wondering maybe kind of as we wrap up our chat a little bit, can we talk about, uh, you know, there's somebody else we kind of chatted about this at the beginning but you know there's somebody who's been listening to this and they're they're interested in development and they want to get in do you have any advice you think that they should follow or that you followed yourself that really helped you find your place in this role
1: what what, everything i I believe about development is about putting yourself out there honestly and uh, i i think uh, you have to do that and and you'll Get rejected because of that but you will find the right home for for your idea for yourself if you if you live your life honestly and you make your art honestly and truthfully to you
0: yeah i think that's really good actually and i can think back to like my business career when i was uh first applying for jobs out of school and i applied to like the big brands where i thought i would love working for them but i just Mm -hmm. really didn't like the corporate atmosphere but then i was also Mm -hmm. like let down when i wouldn't get those roles but yeah. i ended up finding like smaller companies and well i worked at two smaller uh, businesses and really thrived in them and really found that that was my place instead of the big corporate environment type of thing so i think yeah, you know, yeah. true yeah. to yourself and understanding that and being honest yeah you might get rejected but if you keep with that attitude you'll find a place where you fit right in and it'll go well yeah
1: yeah and i think you will get a lot of no's, but you will also get that yes. And if you don't put yourself out there, you'll get a lot of maybes.
0: Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Do you have any, do you have any other final thoughts as we, as we wrap up our chat?
1: I, I hope I've covered the, the important things that I was uh, planning to come on here to talk about.
0: <laughs> I think you did. I think it was great. <laughs> well, well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Dave. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was really yeah. fun.
0: Well, and, uh, and if you're listening, thanks, thanks for tuning in. And uh, I hope you found this really insightful as I did. So that's all for now. Uh, thanks for listening. Okay, bye.